Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. If you want plug and play email templates from the eight part cold email sequence that generated a 2,061% ROI, visit morgandwilliams.com slash templates. That's M-O-R-G-A-N-D as in David, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S dot com slash templates. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Jesse Hernandez. Jesse is a founding partner at Mail Genius, a personalized testing tool that helps your emails reach the inbox, complete with human-friendly explanations and live support. Jesse is also an email marketing expert that helps businesses maximize their revenue with email. Jesse, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm so happy to be here, man. Got a lot to talk about and uh, yeah, it's going to be a great episode. Awesome. All righty. Well, first off, yeah, can you walk us through your background and how it's led to what you're doing now? Yeah. So uh, I started off about eight or nine years ago in the IT space. So uh, I started doing IT desktop support, IT specialist, IT manager, um, pretty much everything in the tech space. And then after doing that for a while, like I said, seven or eight years, I kind of got tired of dealing with like politics and proposals and approvals. So I actually just (laughs) gave up everything and then started doing some consulting as a freelancer on Upwork. And I initially started with IT on Upwork. I did like a project or two. And then I discovered something called email deliverability. And I didn't really know much about it. Maybe I reviewed it like three or four hours beforehand. But what I noticed is that a lot of businesses need help with making sure that their emails reach the inbox. So I did that for two or three months at first. And then really, I just committed to it. And uh, spent like every night, every day, really just researching, studying, and just working with clients. And uh, after doing that for like six to eight months, I found a lot or I started learning a lot about outbound marketing and marketing in general. And then I started specializing in what does it look like to write really good cold emails and build outbound machines that can generate, you know, responses at scale through email and LinkedIn. And then after doing all of that, I'm uh, now today working on just building a free tool that is just going to help people with email deliverability. The biggest problem I found across the board was that you shouldn't have to be a genius to see if your message is going to reach its destination. And uh, that's why I'm fully focused on building a free tool that's going to help everyone, the sales, you know, whether you're in the sales space, the marketing space, or you're just a CEO or founder. 
Awesome. Yeah, I mean, email deliverability, for anyone who's listening, if you ever read up on it, it can get pretty complicated very quickly if you're not tech savvy or you don't know much about email on a technical level. I'm curious, when you were doing your consulting on Upwork uh, and working with clients, what were some of the challenges that clients were having? What problems did they come to you with and, and kind of what sort of themes did you see arise? Yeah. So there's three different types of clients or personas that I've worked with typically. The first one is just CEOs or founders of companies. And typically what happens is, you know, email deliverability is something you don't want to deal with until you're dealing with it. It's kind of like you have a car and then it just breaks down and you just really, you don't really care about this. Most people don't care about the specifics. They just want to get it done. So when working with founders or co-founders, really what it came down to is like, Hey, I noticed I have a problem and just get it fixed for me. Um, And that was pretty straightforward, really what it consists of for founders and even marketing teams in general, which is, you know, doing an audit, understanding all the different tools and applications they're using, and then developing a plan of action to make sure that I can help them not only just reach the inbox, but just drive engagement through opens, clicks and replies. And then the last persona, which is, you know, more relevant to this podcast, is just working with different companies that are leveraging outbound and a lot of different clients they engage me when they notice they're having deliverability issues. So open rates were doing great for six months or a year. Then they started declining out of nowhere. Um, Same thing with click-through rates and reply rates. And typically what that tends to look like is over time, if you keep sending the same message or you're just solely focused on automation and you're just sending way too many messages, you know, a lot of these companies, their domain reputation or deliverability started suffering. And it just, it's like a long-term kind of thing, but I would have to work with them. And I just, it's a holistic approach to fixing it. It's going over the strategy, it's going over the copy, and then it's making sure that they're using the right tools and systems and processes to kind of uh, set them up for long-term success. Absolutely. Now, I definitely want to get into next some trends you're seeing in uh, marketing and sales technology in regards to email. I am curious, what were some of these mistakes that you commonly saw people make um, that were, you know, people should just make sure that they avoid just rules of thumb? There's a lot. So I think, um, you know, when we dive into kind of the trends, it really encompasses all these different things. The biggest thing for me is just when you're starting, especially in outbound, you want to make sure you set your goals and objectives at the top. And what I noticed a lot of companies are doing, you know, for example, it's like we quantify success by getting 50 appointments a quarter or 10 appointments a month or whatever that looks like. And then you have to make sure that you're outbound or everything you do through outbound is geared around hitting that objective. And what I've noticed is a lot of companies don't have these clearly defined objectives. So typically they're just substituting quantity. So they're just sending large amounts of emails. Um, They're not very good. They're not very targeted. And they're just trying to substitute quantity for quality. And that type of approach will always lead to deliverability issues. Maybe not in the short term, but uh, after a few months, it becomes a very big issue. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Let's talk about the trends you're seeing. Let's talk about, I know you've got some passionate, you have a passion for email and you've got some, uh, definitely some principles that you live by and work by when it comes to executing email campaigns, uh, improving deliverability. So what are some of those trends that you're seeing right now? Yeah. I think the biggest trend when it comes to outbound marketing and after just working with so many clients in this space, it's really to kind of, it, it aligns with what I was just saying. So you have to start off with your goals and define those. So if your goal is to start or to get 25 appointments or 10 appointments, every Everything should be geared around that. And I think, you know, when you start getting 
set up on these platforms, outreach, sales loft, you start forgetting what your goals are. So you're plugging in, you forget that you're importing actually real people. You're just throwing them into an automation and you're connecting with them and you're doing all these things. But the software, you're forgetting the importance of starting a conversation. And really when you're doing outbound, everything you do, at least the way I've done it, is focused around getting a reply rate and starting a conversation. Now, whether that's negative or positive, it doesn't matter. What you want to do is just start a conversation. And that's important from like several components. I I know like, you know, a lot of people talk about just getting reply rate um, in general is what you should focus on, but it's actually important from a deliverability component too. So by focusing on reply rate, you're actually showing the providers that like, such as, you know, if businesses have Google apps or businesses have Office 365, their filters rely on engagement. So when you start sending emails and people are, you know, opening, clicking or replying to them, it's showing that, Hey, like people genuinely, they like your emails, they want your emails and they should continue to get delivered to the inbox. So a lot of these things, you know, I'm not saying it just as a general best practice to focus on reply rates. I'm also saying it that, it will help the likelihood that you have a successful outbound program, not just for the first month, but for many months to come. Got it. Awesome. I'm taking notes here too. Uh, Absolutely. What are some ways that people can improve their reply rates, that they can get higher reply rates? So first and foremost is when you position yourself to focus on reply rates and and that you start aligning reply rates or a conversation is like the lead metric that you're looking for, then what that means is you shouldn't focus on vanity metrics. So, you know, really what it comes down to is you don't necessarily need open tracking or click tracking at all. Now, I know a lot of people like it because you can say, hey, if someone clicked a link, then they're more likely to be engaged and then I can give them a call and then the call is no longer a cold call. That's true to some extent. Um, and you know, there's arguments on, e- on either angle, but really what it comes down to is if you're really truly focused on starting conversations and you know, just boosting your reply rate, open tracking and click tracking should only be used as uh, you have to get a certain sample size of a couple hundred. What you're looking at open rate is just to see initially after I send the first 500 or a thousand you know, messages, which if I have two or three different variations, which subject line is performing the best, which one is the most compelling and getting my email opened. Once you have that answer, once you've sent enough emails and it, it seems pretty clear that you have an apparent winner, you don't need open tracking anymore. It, it doesn't align with your goals. And depending on how, uh, what tools you're using, an open tracking pixel can be one of the reasons that your message might not reach the inbox. Mm. Um, you have to make sure. So if you're using any type of tracking on your emails, you want to look at your provider's instructions to set up branded URLs. So, you know, outreach or sales off, they, they typically have instructions for this. But if you're on smaller providers, whether it's like, Woodpecker, QuickMail, uh, Reply.io. Some of them have it, some of them don't. But in general, click tracking and open tracking, and even more so click tracking, because click tracking, what happens is if you put a link to your website, for example, whatever, if it has google.com on there, it's going to redirect google.com with the link that's associated. They handle it. So if it's like reply.io, for example, they'll change your link of google.com to be some reply.io.123456. You click it and then it redirects. The reason this is a problem is because if you were a spammer back in the day or even nowadays, you'll actually send people links, but the links don't actually reflect the destination. So it's a common spamming technique to have links that redirect to a different source. And then not only that, because these providers have a bunch of, so when you have link tracking, it's shared across 
all the different providers. If people are marking it as spam, let's say we have thousands of companies using these open and click tracking pixels. If you don't have a branded URL set up, what happens is these other open tracking pixels and click tracking links can be associated with spam. So you could actually get these messages rejected, or it could be another component of why your message, instead of going to the inbox, went to spam. Gotcha. So pretty much there could be poison in the water from people kind of muddying up these links, these shared links. I guess I just Correct. Think. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Did not know that. That's, that's good to know. When it comes to getting replies, when it comes to getting conversions with email, what are some high open rates, high reply rates you've gotten in the past? And what did those campaigns look like? I'm curious to that. Yeah. I had an HR client for a while, um, over a year. And just for me, what it came down to for him was just testing and iterating the copy over time. First and foremost, I suggest you always have two or three variations. Like I almost think it's a mandatory kind of thing to do moving forward. So first off is having several variations for two reasons. One, like I said, to split test that subject line or split test the call to actions and see what's working and see what's not. But more importantly is for a deliverability side is to mix up your messaging. Because what can happen is if you don't have a lot of variations in your email, they all kind of look the same. And the filters today, if they mark your message as spam and you're only sending the same variation with like, a first name, and maybe one other personalization factor, they can actually flag your entire message. The content within your email can be associated with spam. So now, regardless of how many times you keep sending this message, certain mail providers will say, hey, because it has these phrasings or it has these keywords, and because people have you know engaged negatively upon it or marked it as spam, they can actually filter that message as spam. And I've seen this with at least three or four clients because they weren't focused on reply rate. They weren't focused on starting conversations. They just supplemented a large amount of quantity. Um, What ended up happening with them is like their actual business address or different parameters of their email. Every email they had was actually getting flagged. And until we actually remove those components from their email, they weren't reaching the inbox in Gmail. That's one way. And then to get more into like the copy and strategy, you know, with my HR client, it came down to two or three different things. First off was adding context to the people that I'm finding. So instead of just finding HR executives who met all of our criteria, I started finding HR execs who had only been at their role for six months or a year or three months or less. Adding that extra context to the prospecting, you know, it sounds simple and it sounds straightforward, but that helped boost my reply rate almost immediately because now I was reaching out to people that were more likely to want to make a change. And in general, they were already receptive to email, but the timing seemed more relevant to them because they're a new executive at a new company and um, our emails just felt more relevant. They felt more targeted. In this case, it was a free service we were offering. So I had success. At first, I was trying to send them, give them a link and ask them questions if they were open to a quick call. And then I realized that doesn't work. So what I did is I suggest pivoting to low friction call to actions that don't require your prospect's time. So for example, in this case, what I wanted to do is I pivoted to a yes or no question and I just asked them, are you in the market for a new applicant tracking system? And really what it came down to was a yes or no question. And after I did that, I held a 20% reply rate with 20,000 contacts and I held between a 27 and 30% reply rate with 4,000 contacts. Just really pivoting to a yes or no. The main thing was finding the right people, adding context, pivoting to a yes or no call to action. And then really the last component was making sure that the emails were very short and they felt real. So what I suggest doing in your emails is trying, depending on if your email provider supports it, is put a dynamic day variable in there 
So for example, a lot of my emails, either at the start or the end, always had a positive sentiment. So it would be something like, hi, Jesse, uh, I hope you're having a wonderful Friday, or it would dynamically update the day. And I would always start with that because I would get a lot of responses, even if they weren't interested, even if they weren't in the market, people would just respond back and say, you know what? Thanks, Jesse. You know, I'm not in the market right now and have a great day also. That was pretty cool. And that's something I implemented after testing and iterating, you know, for several months, I kind of found the formula that worked. Gotcha. So everything you're doing is really geared upon taking the least path of resistance to start a conversation with the prospect. You're not trying to kind of pull them into a demo or a quote unquote strategy session that is actually a sales call and taking up their time. You're giving them something they can quickly say yes or no to and engage with you that way. Yeah, I think... um you know, everything is different. So there's different components, but really what it comes down to is like, depending on your persona and depending on who you're targeting, again, it really comes down to a lot of factors because I would say the strategy that I do is different for everyone. If a client is worth, you know, if you got a a client and you were able to sign them on and they were able to generate a huge amount of revenue, you know, that's where I would say like, you know, doing a personalized video and just sending them a super good personalized message on LinkedIn or a voicemail. All these other personalized touches are extremely important. Um, but for me, for that client, what it came down to is that they had a free service. Um, we knew the criteria really well, and we just wanted to make it super low friction and just make it as simple as possible for the person to reply. Now, in other scenarios, what I like to do is, you know, if you have a SaaS product that really helps solve a pain point, what you want to do is like show the, when you're staging the email, it's all about educating them on the pain they're feeling and then showing them how you can get there. And I mean, it's a whole art of like writing, being able to write that message that can resonate with them in under, you know, two or three or three or four sentences maximum. You know, I'd never write any of my emails more than four sentences. Gotcha. So there's an art to the, the copy in the body, right? How can you, you know, use copywriting fundamentals to kind of do that emotional pull? Is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, I think like, you know, a lot of the call to actions. And again, I highly suggest just across the board, anytime you have a sequence, you have three variations and then each follow-up has two or three variations. And then you really just want to test and you need to send a large amount of emails over time to see what's working and what's not. But um, I've had success doing the yes or no questions and qualifying. Um, I've also had success, like I said, these low friction call to actions, which are like, would you be open to, or how would you feel? Or what are your, like, it's again, it comes down to the entire goal is not to sell or not to pitch. It's just to start a conversation because once the conversation is started, you know, you can kind of gauge where is this prospect at? Are they even having pain? Are they even suffering? Like it all comes down to the, the reality is, is like out of all your prospects, there's only a few perfect prospects that are like, they're suffering in an extreme amount of pain and they're ready to buy. A lot of these other prospects, you just need to nurture them and just start a conversation. When they do need your solution, you want to be there for them. And another thing I did for my HR client is anytime someone, and this sounds weird, is they said they're not interested, I would actually just reply back to them and say, you know, no problem, have a great day. By the way, you know, let me know if you'd like to join our free newsletter to stay updated on the latest trends. And surprisingly, you would think like, you know, if they said not interested, you just mark them as do not contact. You never email them again. But we got over 400 opt-ins doing that. And really? uh, we were able to promote a webinar just from that strategy. Wow. That's huge. That's like, uh, that's, I'm trying to remember what sawdust, like a usage for sawdust. I don't know the actual story behind it, but like sawdust on the cutting room floor, sawdust on the um, shop room floor help to like decrease slippage or something like that. Something yeah, that was 
you know, it's, it's counterintuitive. It doesn't, you wouldn't think, but, um, I did test it and, uh, surprisingly, yeah, even the people that look like they would never, again, you'd never email them again. And, uh, people would tell you just immediately unsubscribe to them. They actually did respond again. Now this is different for every industry, but in HR, I knew that they were always receptive. They like to respond to emails. And I knew as long as the emails are positive and every email had a positive sentiment and was focused around how we can help them, they'd be open to it. And, uh, surprisingly, yeah, I, I didn't expect it initially, but over time, we were able to build it out. Awesome. I want to ask you, creating the, this low friction offer, I assume that's going to be easier for some industries, easier for some products and services than others. How can someone kind of go through the process of creating like that low friction offer? Yeah. I think really what it comes down to is like when you're selling anything, it's just like kind of seeing where the person's at, understanding where they want to go, and then you bridge the gap for them. So really the bridging the gap component is the whole art of the low friction call to action. So it's like seeing if they're having pain, educating them and showing them how you solve that pain. And then that low friction call to action is like, you know, starting a conversation around bridging the gap. So just open-ended questions that would lead to just, again, it's just like they reply and they're like, yeah, this is something I, I've thought about, but I'm not really like, it doesn't look good or whatever it is. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You just want to get them to hit reply and just start. Even if it's negative, again, you can get them on the phone or you can start a conversation out of it. it it's pretty crazy, but like it's just important. Focusing on that reply rate and then improving that over time is just the key to success. And that's the key to success too, from a deliverability component. So like a lot of outbound marketers, when you have like an outbound domain and you have several people sending large amounts of like targeted cold outreach, one of the factors that is going to be extremely important over the next year and the next few years to come is your domain reputation. So for example, if I have mailgenius.com, but then I purchase mailgenius.co and I use mailgenius.co for all outbound marketing, for example, what that means is like, in order to make sure that my emails continue to get delivered and prove that I have a good reputation, I want to have high engagement. So by focusing on having a high reply rate and starting these conversations, you're going to maintain a good, solid domain reputation. And that's going to be huge if you're going to try inboxing in Gmail you know, in the next few months because they released... There's been a lot of crazy things going on. So I've seen it a bunch where just a lot of organizations who are doing outbound or doing any type of emailing in general have noticed a massive decline or just a huge drop in opens, click-through rates with Gmail. And that's because Mm -hmm. Gmail has been working with TensorFlow, which is a machine learning open source platform. And now they've been able to catch or block millions of more messages. They flag them as spam. So what that means is getting into the inbox is even more challenging today. You really want to make sure that people are opening, clicking, but primarily replying to your emails and not marking them as spam and not deleting them. Because over time, Gmail is taking that factor as one of the number one components to decide whether your message should even reach its destination. Gotcha. All right. That's awesome info. I want to take some time to talk about Mail Genius. What kind of gave you the idea to start it? What should people know about it? I want to take some time to talk about that as well. Yeah. First off, Mail Genius will be completely free and we just want to provide as much value to anyone who sends emails. It came about that I've had the idea for a while. It's been maybe like a year, year and a half because I was just working with client after client. So I've had over a hundred plus jobs through Upwork and then another 50 or a hundred just doing consulting. And what I notice is a lot of the clients, there's a lot that goes into email deliverability, 
and just being able to help clients with the free tool to give them the insights. You don't need to be an expert. You don't need to be a consultant. There's a lot of little things that you could be doing that can add up. And over time, if you just fix or make a few tweaks along the way, you could have much better deliverability. And a lot of these things in general, sometimes they're like one-off technical things. But again, it might not seem like a big deal. It might seem like a low-hanging fruit, but when you actually, you know, use our tool and test it and fixing that record, that could be, again, the difference between your message reaching this prospect and, and not. So that's kind of why I decided to create it is create a free tool and provide all my knowledge and insight in a way that like you can just run a test on the tool and we're going to explain to you. So like the whole premise of the tool is if something is wrong, you're going to understand why is it important? And then you're going to have a solution in a simple, we're going to have just text-based human-friendly explanations on how to solve it. And then we're also going to have a whole knowledge base. If you prefer to get more technical and you really want to dive in and understand like, what is this technology? How does it work? What are all the different parameters? You can do a, a deep technical dive into the documentation. But really at the end, what we want to do is just give people an easy way to say, oh, I have a few issues here. Let me share the results with whoever I need to share, share it with my team and let's get these things fixed. Awesome. So does when, when people interact with it, are they putting in their emails or do they have to kind of connect their inbox? How does it work? Yeah. So basically you're going to go to mailgenius.com and on mailgenius.com, there's going to be an email address that you send an email to. And ideally what you want to do is, let me just give an example. So if you're doing outbound marketing and uh, you just created a new sequence and you want to test that initial email out, just kind of see how things look, you would basically, you want to send that exact same one-to-one email. So you'll see MailGenius pull up and then you'll copy that email address and you'll send that email as if it was a prospect. And you want to send the exact same content that you have in your sequence because you know it's a whole nother topic is the content in your messages can be a huge reason that your message will never get delivered. Whether you have a link to some website that could be on a blacklist or specific keywords or phrases in your subject line that look spammy, or just in general, like I mentioned before, because people have been marking your messages as spam, there could be things in your signature or just links in general that are flagged. So you, you want to run the test. Pretty much anytime your content changes, you want to run the test. And you send an email, and then the email is going to scan everything. It's going to look at your technical records, but then it's also going to look at your content. And we're going to give you, and this is just the first version coming out, um, there's like 13 different things that we're going to be checking for, but down the line, we're going to do some crazy things where again, we want to personalize the experience. So we want to understand like what type of emails are you sending? And then based off that, if you tell us you're sending a cold email, then we want the test to give you even more personalized and actionable advice because cold emails are very different than marketing emails. But yeah, I would love to, you know, our goal or how we quantify success in these next few months is just to get people to use the tool, give us feedback. Like I said, we have live support, live chat on there. And that's going to be our main focus is just generate traffic and have people just start sending thousands of tests. Awesome, man. Well, I I really do appreciate you coming on, educating people on email deliverability, how to improve their campaigns, and also giving us some insight into what you're doing with Mail Genius. What's the best way for someone to get in contact with you if they have questions, they're interested in working with you as a consultant, they want to uh, talk about Mail Genius, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, I would say best way is uh, first and foremost would be to go to mailgenius.com. We're going to be launching in early July. And if you subscribe now, you'll get an update as soon as we go live. Yeah, we'd love to get you there. And then I'm working on a bunch of really cool stuff. So if you connect with me on LinkedIn, just type in Jesse Hernandez, MailGenius. I'm going to be working on a bunch of really cool content over the next few weeks. So I'm going to have an article 
that's coming out just talking about what I just kind of mentioned about reply rates and open tracking and click tracking. That's one thing I'm working on. I'm also working on an outbound calculator. So like I said, when you're starting any campaigns, you want to make sure you have your goals and objectives first. So this calculator, basically, you put your goals first. So if I want to generate 20 appointments, and then you can basically forecast, here's my estimated reply rate. Here's uh, my estimated you know, meetings that I get, all the different parameters that go into kind of like forecasting an outbound campaign. And then it'll tell you exactly how many emails you need to send. So in order to get five appointments a month, you need to email based on this forecast of your reply rate and other metrics, you need to send 893 emails a month or a quarter. That really is important just again from like a deliverability standpoint, just send the the right amount of emails. You don't want to send too many. So I'm working on all these things. I would say just go to mailgenius.com to stay updated on it. Awesome, man. Love it. Love it. Doing big things. I like it. Well, Jesse, it's so great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for all the uh, information and uh, be chatting with you next time. Thanks so much, man. Glad to be here. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.